You're listening to Language Nerds Do Earth, the podcast about linguistics, culture, travel, and how they're all connected. Now, it's time for your language nerd hosts. One in China, one in Spain, it's Patrice and Rachel. And welcome to Language Nerds to Earth. This is episode number 14. And today we are talking about getting sick while traveling. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> uh, so first we're going to talk about some of the best hospitals in the world outside the U.S. Just like as a little fun intro to a super depressing topic. <laughs> And then we'll talk about what to expect from hospitals abroad, and then some advice for getting sick when you're traveling, and precautions to take for when it happens. Yeah. So, should have some pretty good information for you guys, mm-hmm. but first, we have some language news. Yeah! Also, something fun before a super depressing topic. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. We found an article that gives you all the ways to say cheese in front of a camera around the world. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I first started reading this, I actually thought that it was literally cheese. And I was like, kimchi is nothing like cheese. <laughs> yeah. Whoever wrote this totally, totally screwed it up. Like, they're not even similar. One's cabbage and one is dairy. Yeah. Yeah, that was just a Mm -hmm. a momentary brain laugh. (laughs) They are both fermented, so. (laughs) True. Yeah, so we have a little list. One, like Rachel said, it's really cute. It's Korean kimchi. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, they'll go, hana, doru, set. Like, one, two, three. Kimchi, and then they'll hold up two two fingers in the peace sign. Yeah, people said this all the time. This one's so real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very real. We can both <laughs> attest to it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that that was the thing, but it's so funny that it's kimchi. Mhm. Yeah, it really is because like if you know what kimchi tastes like, it. It's good, but it's definitely an acquired taste. Yeah. When you first eat kimchi, it's like, why? Why would people eat this? <laughs> and then, like, comparing that to cheese would boggle your mind. Yeah, and actually I thought it was interesting how long this word has been in use in that context. Mm. Cheese, that is. And it goes back at least to the 1940s. Hmm. So, yeah, apparently there was a U.S. ambassador to the Soviet Union who said his the way he got a perfect smile in a picture was just saying cheese. Huh. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's a smart man. <laughs> he has no idea what he started, I'm sure. Oh my god, a worldwide movement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. How do you get the perfect smile in a picture? I, I'm flawless in pictures always, oh. so I don't have to try. <laughs> Wow, that must be nice. <laughs> it's amazing, actually. <laughs> I don't know life any other way. <laughs> the 
people complain about this some something totally foreign to me. They don't love their pictures. <laughs> I'm sure somebody who's listening has a terrible picture of me and they're going to send it. <laughs> send it and be like, this is not a good picture. <laughs> you are not flawless. <laughs> have you seen how i met your mother where barney like anytime he takes a picture even if he's like sneezing or like asleep every time he looks perfect Uh, oh yeah i think i have seen that one that's me Uh, yeah (laughs) well we learned something we learned something new about rachel today that's great it's a really weird tangent but anyway (laughs) all right another way to say cheese in Spain, they say patata, like oh. potato. Hmm. It doesn't cause me to smile. Patata. Uh, patata. Not at all. Patata. Like I mean, I just said it's super American. But anyway, it's, sound, it's like your mouth is just like there. It's not smiling at all. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. That's really funny. Yeah. Uh, do they do it kind of the same way? Like patata. I think so. I, it's like one of those ones I think that I've heard it, but I can't really like say for sure. Yeah. I haven't really seen what people do in China either. They had like ER sun, like one, two, three in Chinese, but I haven't really seen it here. Okay. Hmm. So we'll have to be on the lookout for that report back <laughs> for episode 15. Um, I love this one. I definitely haven't seen it in Germany. But it's Ameisenscheiße. Uh, so ant poop. <laughs> the expletive for that. Well, it's funny because a lot of the countries in the article have food. It's like saying different foods. <laughs> Germans. Just yeah. cheese. And like in Denmark, it says the fruit orange apelsin. Mm, right, right, right. Potato, mm-hmm. we've got mm-hmm. cabbage other... in Bulgaria. Yeah, yeah. And some other Slavic languages using mm-hmm. their word for cheese, which is like sir. Yeah, sir in Russian. Yeah, the Russian word sir, which also means cheese. Oh, oh Catalonia is different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was the name Luis? Or Luis. Yeah, I never uh, Oh, no, you're right. You're right. It's not a uh, y sound. The double L just is a regular L sound in Catalonia. Okay. Luis. I was reading some of the comments and people were saying like, this one I have never heard or uh, whatever, but okay. well, in any case, it's fun to think about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, the one in Italy, sorridi, smile. Mm-hmm. That one's cute. Sorridi. Yeah. That one, that one, like, would cause me to smile. Italian makes me smile in general. <laughs> yeah, most of the, well, not all of them, but a lot of them have that, like, long E sound. Like, mm-hmm. E. Mm-hmm. So, which is, like, a smiling sound. Except for in Spain, patata. I mean. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever, Spain. <laughs> I think there yeah. were a couple, a couple others that had ones that were kind of different but mm-hmm. yeah for the most yeah. part yeah so if you want to read that article you can go check out our show notes and see the rest of them yeah super fun little article yeah so 
Okay. Shall we move on to our main topic, Rachel? Let's do it. Yeah. I will preface this by saying that I have a lot of experience in foreign hospitals. And my dear mother, who listens to this show, as soon as we release them every week... Mom, just a caveat, you might get a little PTSD from this episode, so you don't have to listen to it. (laughs) Everybody, I'm fine now, but I'll bring my experience in, because I'm a bit of a hospital connoisseur. So first, let's talk about where you might be lucky to need to go to the hospital abroad. Mm-hmm. This was a term that I wasn't familiar with. Um, oh, yeah? Medical tourism? Yeah, medical tourism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a big thing. I got my LASIK surgery done in Korea. And it was a lot cheaper there than it would have been in the U.S. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I've heard of people doing it, but I just Mm -hmm. have never heard the term. And it's Mm -hmm. really funny to me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it, too. I mean, you've probably heard those things that are like, if you need a heart operation in the U.S., which is like $200,000 or something crazy like that, Mm -hmm. like you could fly to Spain stay in, like, a first-rate hospital, get the procedure done, recover, stay in Spain for a year, and fly back to the U.S., and that would cost less than the cost of the operation alone in the U.S. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure I'm not exaggerating, too. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, we have a list of some hospitals that people go all over the world, Mm -hmm. specifically for their treatment, And one is the Prince Court Medical Center in Kuala Lumpur, which is known for its burn unit and its IVF department. Mm. Apparently their IVF department is top-notch. That's pretty cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If anyone's thinking about getting IVF, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Maybe fly out there and you might as well enjoy yourself at the same time. Right, yeah. Come see me. I'm pretty close. Yeah. (laughs) all right the next one that we have is fortis hospital in bangalore india Mm -hmm. and that's good for orthopedic procedures uh like hip replacement Mm -hmm. something like that Mm -hmm. i feel like it might be hard to get to india if you need to have a hip replacement i don't know oh yeah that's a really good point rachel like when you don't have a hip that works very well and you need to get on a plane fly to India, probably do a few stopovers, and then go to the hospital from the airport, there might not be a lot of handicap-friendly places, Uh because that's something that you you might get used to in Western countries, but a lot of places don't have very handicap-accessible areas, so... I think particularly in the United States, people are really used to it. Yes, very true. Even in Europe, like, a lot of places just are inaccessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uridul uh, Spine Hospital in Seoul, Korea, is apparently a world leader in spine medical treatment. Mm-hmm. 
And I was going to say, speaking of places that don't have very good access for people who are disabled, Korea is definitely one of them. I broke my ankle when we were living in Korea. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was just like on crutches for eight weeks and uh, my shoulders got super strong. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. I was going up and down stairs. Yeah, yeah. Wow. All the time. Wow. I mean, even in Spain, like, actually, one thing that I noticed when I had lived here for a little while was, mm-hmm. I won't say most, but at least half of the metro stations, like, don't have anything. Like, only stairs. Like Oh, really? Not, not even, even an, an escalator. escalator. Damn. Yeah, like, the, actually, the one where I live now does, wait, no, sorry. The one where I live now has an escalator. Mm-hmm. But the one where I used to live was, like, I don't know. 80 stairs. Jesus. And no escalator. Oh my god. And I was just thinking, like, what, if you're in a wheelchair, what do you do? Like, you can't Mm -hmm. take that stop, you know? Yeah. That's one nice thing about Shenzhen is every stop has an elevator with its own security checkpoint. And Mm -hmm. then, like, there are escalators everywhere, too. And when an escalator's not working, I'm like, oh, I have to walk up stairs. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiled. Yeah, I'm totally spoiled. <laughs> yeah, okay, so mm. another one that's good is Bumrungrad and Bangkok. Bumrungrad! Uh-huh, you want to talk about that one? I've been there. I liked okay. it. <laughs> they were really nice. They did, well, they did a good job. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I was in Bumrungrad for about a week, and I had an intestinal obstruction. And for the first few days, they really tried to drain my stomach through an NG tube and kind of like make the obstruction stop with a lot of non-invasive techniques. Uh Um, But eventually they were like, yeah, we need to do surgery. And the surgeon came up to me on Saturday night. He goes, we need to do surgery. And I was like, yeah, I I know that. Uh, When? And he was like, "Mm, now? (laughs) Oh, wow. <laughs> I was like, yep, let's do it. <laughs> oh yeah, God. and but it was great, and I recovered super fast. I think I was out by Tuesday or Wednesday, and it was a split down the middle. They they, uh, they cut me from ribcage to below my belly button. Oh, wow. And, mm-hmm, and they did a good job. So That's awesome. Yeah. Well, at least you had a good experience there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it was there were a lot of people there from all over the world. I've been to Cleveland Clinic and it was definitely comparable. Okay. I would say it's the same quality as Cleveland Clinic. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh the last one we have is the Asian Heart Institute in Mumbai. So yeah, this one was really cool, I thought. Yeah, so it's one of the few centers in the world that's doing nearly one hundred percent of bypass surgeries on a beating heart with a very significant percentage using total arterial grafting. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I don't either. But it sounded impressive, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they have a really low surgical mortality of Mm 0.26%, so that's good. Yeah, that's really good on their uh, isolated bypass surgeries, apparently. Right. An overall mortality of 0.8%, which is still good, less than 1%. Yeah. That's great, yeah. 
Yeah, apparently they perform some of the world's most challenging and rare cases. So if you need a heart bypass, you know where to go. Mumbai. Mumbai, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to get there with heart problems, but you know what? Yeah, it could be tricky. That's the only thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the problem with medical tourism, I guess. But I, guess. I will say, like, as, as somebody who's traveled with, like, real problems, mm-hmm. when you're flying incapacitated, airports will do a really good job of getting you from point A to point B without you having to do much work. Okay. Yeah, I've needed to take... A wheelchair mm-hmm. around the hospital and I we like got to the hospital and I was like I need a wheelchair and so they brought me a wheelchair and I sat in it and then like somebody wheels you through somebody pushes you through security you, you get to pass the line somebody pushes you through customs you get to pass the line and then like onto the airplane if there's like the outdoor stairs going onto the airplane you get your own little truck that like picks you up into the air and puts you onto the airplane oh wow yeah that's really cool yeah and like somebody will take you from one gate to the next it's pretty pretty sweet yeah well i guess that's the good part about having a medical issue People will be super understanding when you're not Yeah. So, like, just so nobody thinks that I'm, like, a drug addict or something, I'll just kind of, just kind of tell you what's going on. So, when I was a teenager, I had something called ulcerative colitis, which, if you haven't heard of it, is just basically a really bad inflammation of the large intestine. And I had to have a lot of surgeries throughout my college experience and nobody really knows why it happened but I really I really wanted to go abroad (laughs) while I was really sick so to my mother's horror when I was in college I was like I want to study in Germany and right before I went to Germany my colitis flared up really badly but I went anyway and then a few weeks after I got there it got really bad and then I had to fly home and went straight from the airport to the hospital And then, like, just pretty much throughout my college experience, it was like, I want to go abroad. Oh, go abroad, get sick, come home. Start feeling better at home, get sick again, start feeling better, get sick again. And, uh, yeah, so that's why I've spent so much time in hospitals, abroad and in the U.S. Yeah, it's really, really intense. (laughs) It was pretty intense. I got really skinny. (laughs) <laughs> not the best reason <laughs> yeah I laugh about it now so I don't cry but I'm fine really I'm fine now right yeah, yeah. but anyway Patrice is our in-house expert on this topic so mm-hmm. yeah so I'll try not to take too much of uh, Rachel's air while we're talking about it <laughs> dude this is your From... topic <laughs> I have nothing okay. to add <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it's good i'd be grateful that you have nothing to add <laughs> uh, yeah so that kind of is a good lead into our next part of the show which is dealing with hospitals abroad mm-hmm. so in most cases hospitals abroad are going to be safe yeah. you're better off going to a foreign hospital than avoiding it and hiding in your hotel room and suffering basically for sure Mm -hmm. 
And I mean, especially if you have some kind of like urgent thing, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you like stab yourself with a knife by accident or <laughs> I don't know what. Oh no! (laughs) I didn't mean to. I'm bleeding out now, but yeah. Or if you get in like a motorcycle crash, like I was gonna say that actually. Oh really? Yeah, that was gonna be my next example. (laughs) A motorcycle accident, or maybe you get food poisoning or something like that, and you are dehydrated. dehydrated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I have been to two slightly sketchy hospitals before, but you know what? I'm glad I went to them. Yeah. Did you stay there for a while or? Uh, yes, one of them I did. Actually, I don't know if I should say it's sketchy, but I was studying abroad in Dresden. Uh-huh. And Dresden is in former East Germany. So I was in like a Soviet era hospital for a week. And actually, I remember going there for an appointment one time and for some reason the person I was in the elevator with was like oh Hitler rode in this elevator it was like great (laughs) awesome yeah and so I was in the gastroenterology ward of this hospital and I spent a week there and think about a gastroenterology ward what is there going to be a lot of people needing the bathroom yeah but guess what our rooms didn't have bathrooms. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. And there was, I don't know if you can call it a semi-private room because I had a roommate and there wasn't even like a curtain between us. It was just like me and this 80-year-old woman in this hospital room. And usually in the U.S. an IV machine will be hooked up to the wall and it'll make this nice little beeping sound and it's electric. But my IV machine was just like gravity Um, but I remember getting up several times a night to go to the bathroom at least. And it was February in former Eastern Germany and they kept the windows open in the bathroom just to air them out. And it was like, it was like below freezing in the bathroom. Oh my God. That's terrible. I have zero body fat because I'm so sick and I'm in the bath. I'm, eventually, I just started closing the windows when I got in there for the first time in the night. Like, yeah. But there were two bathrooms on a, on this floor for like 30 people. Oh, wow. <sighs> yeah. Maybe time for, for a remodel. Yeah, a little upgrade. I think they were about to start building like the new ward. So, and this was in 2008. I'm sure that if you happen to be in Dresden and need some kind of emergency bowel surgery, you're probably going to be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's an experience. Yep. Yeah. Next, one thing that I will say is hospitals abroad are going to be infinitely cheaper than in the U.S. Yeah. So. (laughs) Like your example of... um... Living for a year, yeah? Yeah. I had, like, social health insurance because I was a student in Germany, but the cost of one week in the hospital was, like, 80 euros. No way. (laughs) Yeah, right? That's insane. Yeah. I mean, I have private insurance here, Mm -hmm. but it still is crazy to me that, like, whenever I have been to the doctor, it's just, like, 
I think the first time I went, I was like, mm-hmm. I finished the appointment and I was like, okay, who do I pay? And they're like, leave. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what do I pay? And they're like, you don't pay anything. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing to me too. Pretty like, great. Yeah. yeah. And I pay 30 bucks a month, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not some exorbitant fee. Jeez. That's crazy. I can I can't go believe- like unlimited to the doctor. Oh my god. And to the dentist I can go. Not unlimited, but <laughs> Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, like that is something. I have a friend actually, Katarina, she did a lost in translation moment mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. She had a sinus infection in the US. And she wrote a, a blog post about it, uh, which I guess I can link to. It was in German, so um, I've actually thought about translating it because it was so good. She was like, you know, in Germany, you go to the doctor, the doctor takes their time, and then they like kind of give you some recommendations for your lifestyle and a prescription. And then she went to she went through this experience in the U.S. and she was like, there, are co- what is a copay? I'm sorry, what? I have to, How many forms do I have to fill out before I see a doctor? And the doctor spends, like, what, three minutes with me? And they're like, okay, you have a sinus infection. Here's, like, a prescription for steroids and, oh, yeah, like a sleeping pill so you can sleep better. She just couldn't believe, like, the cost and the amount of drugs involved. Yeah. Uh, especially, like, what you were saying, you know, in Germany, like, you go to the doctor, you get a prescription, you get your medicine, and there's yeah. no, like, exchange of money. Right. Yeah, I was also shocked the first time that I, like, picked up my prescription medicine that I had mm-hmm. been to. It was the same day that I, like, was told that I didn't have to pay anything. <laughs> and so I went to the pharmacy around the corner, gave them my prescription, and I thought I had miss. Well, actually, I did misunderstand. I thought he said, like, 13 euros. I was like, 13 euros? That's so cheap. And then... Uh-huh. It turns out he said three euros or it no, it was something like two twelve or something for <laughs> twenty five days of medicine. Wow. What is that? It was incredibly cheap and Yeah. Wow. So I guess that's my only like experience like with going yeah. to the doctor. That's good though. That like you had a good experience in your only time too. Mm-hmm. I will say though, like you aren't going to get the kind of pain medications abroad that you will mm-hmm. in the U.S. Right. Even in the hospital. In the U.S., I've always had, like, a morphine drip or a Demerol drip. And then, like, after, when they take you off of that, they give you, like, Percocet. I'm talking about major operations. But when I've been abroad, I've had to ask for a pain, a pain pill, usually. Mm-hmm. They would give me pain pills pretty quickly after an operation instead of the morphine mm. drip. I think the morphine drip was like for a day but it was not as automatic so there's just less of a push of drugs okay that makes sense yeah i think in the u.s the pharmaceutical companies want to make sure that you spend as much money as possible on their medications yeah i think so too so now we've got some advice for getting sick on vacation yes and precautions that you can take to make the experience as seamless as possible. (laughs) Good. So get the right vaccines, 
you want to research mm-hmm. where you're going, yeah. you should be able you know, pull up Google and type in the country that you're going to vaccines. And mm-hmm. yeah, so you can find information on CDC website or mm-hmm. a bunch of different ones. Passport Health USA. <laughs> I, I thought it's like Heal the USA. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Passport Health USA. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. So, yeah, you should be able to find those fairly easily. Yeah. You can also do a quick Google search to figure out if the place you're traveling has water that's safe to drink from the tap. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, going back to episode five, that you can get, like, a cheap little water purifier. Yeah. And purify the water yourself. Right, right. And I think... The Steri Pen is going to be released later this year, right? I think so, yeah. No, we are not sponsored by Steri Pen, but there's a Kickstarter campaign for this really cool uh, pen that sterilizes water. So if you want to know more about it, go check out episode five. Yeah. Stay hydrated. This is a big one, especially for me. Yeah. Because I always forget. <laughs> mm-hmm. So speaking of water in general, you do have to drink it. So. Yeah. Don't be in a situation where, like, you're super dehydrated and your only option is unsafe tap water. Yeah, I have this problem, too. And I think it can be hard, but I think taking a water bottle or something like that with you, Mm -hmm. at least for me, it kind of reminds me to drink it. Yeah. Especially because if I'm carrying it, it's, like, very heavy. And then I want to get rid of the weight and then I end up drinking drinking water. Yeah, that's a good motivation. Oh, this is so annoying. I'll just put it in my body. (laughs) Yeah, especially when you're flying, too, because Mm -hmm. when you're flying, you have... What is it about flying that dehydrates you? Oh, yeah, the circulated air. Yeah, it's that, and isn't it also the pressure or something like that? Yeah, yeah, the artificial pressure and... Yeah, just flying is hard on your body in general, so staying hydrated is always important. I still like to have a glass of wine when I'm in the air, but I try to remember to also supplement with lots of water. Oh, yeah. Maybe the flight attendants are going to be annoyed that you keep asking for water, but you know what? You gotta take care of you, man. Yeah, this is another time, like... If you bring like a empty water bottle to the airport and then you can fill it up in the in the bathroom or something, mm-hmm. and then you at least have like however much water. Like my water bottle is a liter, mm. so uh, you have at least a liter of water plus whatever they bring you during the flight. That's good. That's a good that idea. always gives me peace of mind, because I think you can like. It's a crazy amount of water that you lose. In, in, while you're flying? Yeah. In a 10-hour flight, men can lose approximately 2 liters of water. What? Yeah. Wow. That's a super important statistic that I think more people need to know about, yeah. including myself. And women, it says 1.6 liters. So Damn. that's a fairly long flight, but... Yeah, that's why I like to have at least a liter of water, because then mm-hmm. I try to drink it uh, yeah, in that time. That's a really good idea. I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. 
Also, like, I don't love hand sanitizer, but I do try to use it when I'm traveling. Okay. Like, here in China, too, I'm around little kids, so I use hand sanitizer at least, like, once a day. Just, I think it probably makes a difference. It definitely helps me feel better about (laughs) the way my hands feel. That's important, too. Mm Mm-hmm. So, and, like, if if you're in a plane, you're going to be surrounded by lots of germs. Yeah. And um, get lots of sleep because it's already stressful traveling sometimes and your body is under a lot of stress and changing time zones a lot of times and mm-hmm. your body really needs that recharge. Mm-hmm. So don't just like go like you're on steroids or something. Yeah, like your mom. <laughs> yeah like my mom (laughs) unless you're like one percent of the population like my mom who doesn't need to like sleep then Mm -hmm. you should like take care of yourself Mm -hmm. yeah I mentioned Rachel's mom because in episode eight we interviewed our moms and uh, Rachel's mom had a lot of really great stories about traveling mishaps really (laughs) But yeah, she's like got a crazy amount of energy and yeah, she's quite impressive, I have to say. Yeah, she needs yeah. to sleep like three or four hours a night, and that's it. Yeah. Wow. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't inherit that from her. No, I did not. <laughs> yeah. Another piece of advice is to bring medication for something that you know you might get, like if you tend to get acid reflux when you eat certain kind of food or um, just bring that Tums or whatever you take for it. Mm -hmm. If you, sorry to say it, but if you get yeast infections really easily, bring that antibiotic so that you don't have to suffer through it. Yeah. This one's applicable to me for sure. If you have fair skin and you get suns, sunburns a lot um definitely bring sunscreen also bring aloe i never Mm -hmm. travel anywhere without my aloe yeah and actually sunscreen is good for everyone it doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be for light-skinned people definitely wear sunscreen yeah seth too is super fair-skinned and he gets sunburned so easily i remember we were in puerto rico uh, doing a scuba scuba dive and in between dives we were talking to the instructor for like half an hour in the sun Mm -hmm. and he just like for the rest of the trip he was just totally cooked poor guy oh no (laughs) yeah it's terrible yeah and if you tend to get like skin infections just also bring neosporin or bacterban or whatever you need for it and always bring like a little something at least you know like Mm -hmm. ibuprofen or oh yeah definitely you know band-aids in case you get blisters or mm-hmm. you know it doesn't always have to be like an emergency I guess but mm-hmm. yeah trying yeah. to take care of yourself and make sure you have the most fun possible exactly yeah and the last piece of advice we have is um, travel insurance mm-hmm. I think I used something called worldwide nomads and they have something where you can be airlifted out of the country if you're mm-hmm. in real trouble. So, okay. and I mean, travel insurance, like they, there are different degrees of it. Like you can get just basic travel insurance when you buy your flight, for example. Yeah. But if you're going on a longer trip, especially, it's sometimes good to get 
uh, travel insurance that's going to reimburse you for any kind of emergency when you're on vacation or whatever. It was really good for me because I had (laughs) another obstruction, different time, in Vietnam. So one day I was at the beach in Vietnam and a wave hit me really hard in the stomach. And like a few hours later, I realized that my intestines weren't moving and it just got worse and worse. So when your intestines don't move, you start throwing up and eventually you start throwing up like bile when your stomach starts emptying and your intestines empty. And so I went to the hospital in in the middle of Vietnam, in this little town called Nha Trang, where there are a lot of Russian tourists, oddly. And at the hospital, they were like, oh, this is just a drunk tourist, like, go home. And I was like, um, no. Because <laughs> I was just throwing up and they were like, oh, you're, just, you're fine. Mm-hmm. So I called the health insurance from the hotel Because I didn't know why I was having an obstruction. They were like, oh, you know, did you have like a blow to your stomach at some point today? And I was like, ah, yeah, I got, I did get hit in the stomach with a wave. And they were like, well, okay, so here are your options. There's this hospital near you. And they were like making preparations to get me airlifted out of there, actually. Because it was, yeah, it was really dangerous. You can't have an obstruction for more than 24 hours. It's really bad for you. So I didn't end up getting airlifted, but they did. I did give them my credit card information so that they could book the flights for me out of that area. So they were like, okay, um, you're going to be on this plane at this time in like five hours. So just make sure you get to the airport. And they emailed me all the information. So that was really helpful. Wow, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah, so you have personal experience with that aspect of insurance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I will say, like, and it, it's not expensive either. I don't remember how much it cost, but it's definitely worth it, especially if you have an underlying condition or I forgot what they called it, but if you're planning on going bungee jumping or skydiving mm. or, like, riding motorcycles, <laughs> I think they call it, like, sports condition or something extreme sports just in that case like uh you might consider getting insurance just in case something happens Mm -hmm. and you're not totally alone when it happens I think that's a big part of it but also you can you might be able to be reimbursed for a stay in the hospital that makes sense I know you might want to check with your insurance at home because some insurances do cover things like visits to doctors or hospitals abroad Mm -hmm. so you might also check into that that's very true yeah after i spent a week in the bangkok hospital i think the cost for that week was ten thousand dollars and our insurance did reimburse us in the u.s for it except for the cost of the room okay they paid for everything great yeah did you have to pay up front then I think, yeah, like it was uh, just charged to a credit card. And then we did have to like fight the insurance to get it. They were like, oh, no, we won't pay for this because it was an electing procedure. No, it wasn't, guys. <laughs> There's so much terrible, terrible bureaucracy crap that goes on yeah. in health That's insurance. True. Well, actually, I think there's one more thing, right? Oh, yeah? If you have... <clears throat> A medical complication in your history. Oh, yeah. Bring your records 
so that people will be able to access it in case of an emergency. Oh, yeah. That is good advice. <laughs> it's your advice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for remembering it, Rachel. <laughs> no, but it's a good one. Yeah. Just at least keep a copy of it. And yeah. That's, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, I have I have definitely used it. You know, probably even better would be to, like, put it on a USB stick because mm-hmm. then you can just, like, hand it to them, like, here, here are my records. Yes, here's everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a really good one, I think. Mm-hmm. Cool. And so now it's time for our Lost in Translation. Alright, this week we have a Lost in Translation moment from Zahir, who will actually also be making an appearance on the show next week, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, I'm excited to hear this. Okay, my name is Zahir Ali, and this is me uh, being Lost in Translation. So, I went to a bar uh, with two of my closest friends last year. Just a rock bar, we had a few drinks, and we were there just taking in the music. And suddenly, at a certain point, people start to flood the place up. So more people came in, and um, this girl and her friend appeared next to us, like wild Pokemon. And more people came in over the course of the night, and we start getting shoved and bustled a little bit. And this girl looks at me, and she just goes, Tienes mala leche which the expression in Spanish, it translates to, you know, you're in a bad mood, you're not having a good time. And I looked at her and I was like, no, estoy bien, I'm okay, no problem. A little while later, it happened again. Uh, she's like, oh, tienes mala leche. And she said this to me with a smile on her face. She's a pretty girl, right? But I was with someone at the time, I had no interest. I was just like, please leave me alone. Estoy bien. And, you know, so they kept doing their thing, we kept doing our thing. I was just sitting there, you know rocking out to the music and then a little while later it happened again and she said to me tienes mala leche and i looked at her and i was like no no mi leche está bien which what i wanted to say was no i'm fine don't worry what i actually said was no my sperm is good uh so don't ever say that if you're in a spanish bar or club (laughs) (laughs) wow do you hear that used a lot in spain Um, i've heard it yeah um but i actually remember when this happened like we were in spanish class together at the time and he ended up talking about it and my our teacher was like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so funny <laughs> yeah yeah so i wonder why the girl kept saying ah tienes mala leche tienes mala leche sounds like i guess he had like a a resting uh, a resting right yeah <laughs> a, a resting mala leche face yeah <laughs> just like maybe it wasn't that fun of a place yeah oh yeah maybe well, thank you so much, Zahir, for your story. Yeah, that was super funny. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely super useful for people who are in Spain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mi leche está bien. 
Cool. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let us know what you think. We'd love to hear uh, any experience that you have from getting sick while traveling. Uh-huh. <laughs> or just, you know, with hospitals in general. Right. And send us to your Lost in Translation moment. You can mm-hmm. send it on our website via the voice recorder or just send us a voice memo or type out a message in the contact section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast to make sure that you get fresh episodes every week. We release weekly. Keep up to date. Also, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest. Um, We like to post on there, and that way you'll be up to date with the latest language news. Yep, and if you could please leave us a review on iTunes, that would really help people find us. The more reviews we get, the more visibility we have, and then people are more prone to see us there. Yeah, and please tell your friends about it if you enjoyed it. Mm, Yeah, please. Yeah, word of mouth is helpful. Mm -hmm, For sure. Our next episode is expat lifestyle, no? And make sure you check out the website for any of the links we mentioned during the show. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much for listening.